for 97% of high school athletes, the high school is their terminal athletic experience. And that's, that's not meaning, you know, a, a Sunday softball league or, or a pickup soccer game. That's it for them. And so we're putting so much emphasis on the 3% that potentially are going to get a college scholarship. What are we doing for the 97%? And so that really resonated with us as, I guess, me as the leader, number one, and then us as an athletic department is, what are we really here for? And are we about making this about a college scholarship or are we about making it a, a, a solid program that's going to have, you know, some value to these students um, for lots of reasons and give them a great high school experience. And, and we believe really that you can do both. You can have, you know, a, certainly a preparation, a planning. Um, your goal is still to win, right? That's your purpose is still to win. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we can do that at a very high level and still give kids a good experience. And those that are going to go to college are still going to go to college um, on a scholarship or not. Welcome to the Well You Mental Training Podcast. At Well You, we found the importance of community in the lives and stories of athletes and coaches and teammates and anybody involved in the sports world. Ami Strutton-Belanoff and Brian Alexander are your hosts. We're certified mental performance consultants who started a path towards helping others, namely athletes and professionals in the sports world, find a process to training the mental side of performance interview them where we tell stories of athletes or we to gain insights into their process we've also started a mental training app called well you mental training in the app you can find a clear model and practice to train your mental game on the go starting with a self-assessment a comprehensive goal-setting program and then categories that support your mental training journey such as confidence motivation focus, nerves and emotions, communication. It's a clear process that you can follow on your own with exercises, imagery experiences, self-talk tools, breathing practices, everything just in the palm of your hand. But here on this podcast, we're really excited to share the importance of a community around mental training and wellness for athletes. And we find so much of it is important in terms of that support system that you have to get through the tough times. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode where we hear an awesome story from one of our guests. Welcome to another episode on the Well You Mental Training Podcast. Today we're excited to sit down with Helix High School's athletic director and grade level principal, Damon Chase. Damon's transformational style is foundational. In competitive sports, the goal is to win, but the purpose for Damon and Helix High School goes much deeper. He has ignited a cooperative style that impacts the whole community and the future lives of young athletes. Listen in to find out how. So Damon, welcome. I'm glad to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to start off first. Um, 
with just getting a little bit of background about yourself and sports and how you came into the arena of like athletic director and and I know your kids play sports and and like what does sports mean to you for you in your life? Yeah, it's a big part. And, and, and I'll just say that I was a product of a, of a fantastic high school experience and that, you know, I, I didn't think that I was going to be where I'm at now. I had no clue. Um, I played I played here at Helix, went to Helix, um, was fortunate enough to win a baseball CIF championship with with an outstanding team in, in 1988. We actually lost in the finals in 1989. So we had a, a really great run um, for a couple of years and, and, and a great group of guys that you know, and coaches that, that we're all still friends today. Um, I got hurt actually between my junior and senior year, actually, but like five games left in the senior year or my junior year, I tore my rotator cuff and made it through the year, had surgery, um, rehabbed, got ready to go again and played. Um, and I always thought my career would be, you know, somewhat in sports medicine. So I went to, uh, had a couple different things that didn't pan out, ended up at Mesa college, five games in there tore my rotator cuff again and said you know maybe this is this is enough and um, so kind of got on the track of going through um, you know what do I want to do with my life and I, and I thought I wanted to go into physical therapy so went to San Diego State finished my playing career did everything um, to be ready to go into um, a career hopefully in physical therapy and our principal here at the time, uh, Dr. Doug Smith, decided that the high school area, high school arena needed to have a full-time athletic trainer. And let's start a sports medicine program. And I had a couple, you know, coaches that were here that knew me that said, you should apply. And I said, well, uh, you know, I'm not an athletic trainer um, in terms of certified and I'm not a teacher. And so I applied, I got the job, I had to go backwards to get all that stuff um, and did physical therapy school idea. And, you know, I was, the, I was the athletic trainer here for nine years. Um, you know, as you have kids and you're here every day uh, being a teacher and an athletic trainer. And, and I just thought, boy, how, how am I going to do this? And we had a, you know, a fantastic kind of anchor in our program, Jim Arnise, who's a legendary coach here an athletic director. And somehow he found out, I, I thought, you know, I might be interested in that. And literally like the next day I had the title of assistant athletic director. Um, he, when he found out I was interested and so then went through that process, became the athletic director. Then we had a change in principal levels and Doug Smith again came to me and said, you know, I really, I really think you should do this. And I was like, first of all, you know, I don't know anything about being an administrator um, I'm happy with where I'm at now. And he kind of twisted my arm and, you know, here I am. I've been in that role for 11 years now. So, um, think, you know, things just kind of magically happen and, and I love the high school experience. And, and I think that's really what for me, this is about is how, how do we give, give our kids and our community parents a great high school experience. Well, wow, that's a fantastic story. And uh, I didn't know you went to high school there. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I hear you talk about the rotator cuff tears. And it's kind of funny hearing that because my sports career was riddled with injuries and physical therapy was my route as well. Uh, unfortunately, organic chemistry didn't sit well with me. 
and uh <laughs> psychology was given to me by you know the the gods above of some sort so that's where i landed um i I have a great organic chemistry story too because it was brutal and i for some (laughs) reason decided hey i'll take it in a summer and i took it in the summer and it was you know like i think it was like four weeks maybe five weeks of i think i did chemistry like 12 hours a day and I, I got through it, but yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a big hurdle for me too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's where you uh, were supposed to land. And, and amazingly, I want to kind of almost jump to one of my other, you know, future questions, because I'm seeing that um, family, uh, community, culture, and sports are kind of embedded in your lifeline, so to speak, um, seeing that you went to high school there and the trajectory you're in now. Can you tell me how that that is um, embedded in your program or in your kind of philosophy there at Helix? It just seems like it's part of who you are as an individual. Yeah, you know, interesting story on that. Until until last year, I literally had not lived three miles from where I grew up. I lived in La Mesa my entire life, and um, we we kind of looked for a change, and so we moved a little bit further out east. And you know, like I said. I was in La Mesa for 48 years of my life. And, and um, I, I mean, it's a great community. It's a hardworking community. Um, you know, I, I think part of, part of the traditions and the culture here at Helix are, are we get really good people and they don't leave. Um, and so, uh, you know, that builds and, and kind of helps pass things along as, as the, as the, you know, classes move through as kids through move through and, you know, that we've got, we've got a ton of people that, that are hired and and this is their career. This is where they want to end up. They don't want to leave. And so um, I think it, it helps build that culture and some consistency uh, throughout, you know, especially through personnel and, and, you know, we don't have to hire very coach, have hire coaches very often. And, you know, that's a real, I think a really good thing. And it's a really good thing for stability, um, and, and and I think we all get along, which is which is an even maybe more rare thing is that people people love it here. They enjoy it here. Um, there's a lot of support uh, on campus, off campus. And, and it's really a, a special place. It, it really has that feel. You know, I had the opportunity to come down there and, you know, work with you guys a little bit. And it does have that feel immediately when you get on the campus there. Uh, tell me about the community, the bridge between sports uh, and community. How, how is that? Um, how is that kind of done? Is, is that just the philosophy that's embedded through, you know, what you guys do at the school? Um, it sounds like the community is a big part of, you know, the sport sports there. Yeah, we have a lot of students involved uh, and, and, it, and that's not just in in sports. It's, you know, we have a fantastic performing arts program. Um, you know, state-of-the-art theater. And, and so our goal really is to get kids involved in something and connect them uh, to school, connect them to adults um, so that they can have a great high school experience and, and make connections. Uh, you know, it, you, you, you look back and, and kids, you, you call them kids, but, you know, when I started here in 96 and they still come back to football games and, you know, to events and, and our, our, our fall. And, and I think, again, that's part of we try and make it a good high school experience. And uh, I think, you know, the last thing that we want is to say, well, I, I, I really had a cruddy high school experience and it's not perfect by any means. Um, 
and that, and I, I guess when you talk also about community, that builds that community, right? And it builds some trust. And I think, uh, you know, you have multiple generations that have sent their kids, you know, through the school. And uh, it's, it's, it's nice that I think people trust us with that. And, and we, we really do also in combination with all the other things that we offer uh, really do have very strong academics. And that's, uh, that's, you know, kind of gets lost at times in, in the world that we live in. And um, I, you know, I made the joke the other day is, you know, there's this uproar about, postponing sports and canceling sports and no one seems to care right now about their biology class being canceled or their algebra class being canceled but it's all about sports and athletics and you know i think we can there's some really positive things to that and that people value it and the, and the lessons that come from that but on the other side i think maybe sometimes we put too much of an emphasis on that yeah i saw the twitter feed just blow up with cif and you know when are we playing when are we not playing and you know there's it's hard being an athlete not to play. Um, but I get that complete feeling of the whole athlete when, you know, I step onto campus there and I've only been there once. And, and just in talking to you, that's kind of just, I guess it's just the, the philosophy that just gets projected with the way people speak. Um, that's how it's kind of done is we're looking at the whole athlete yet. Helix is a successful sports school. I mean, there's, there's a lot of success, you know, coming in sports through Helix, but you, you seem to be able to do it through the whole athlete as well. Like, you know, parents, uh, wellness school. And is that just through the conversations you have or how you talk to parents or kids? You know, I don't know. I, I think that's just kind of part of the fabric and the culture of how we do it, you know? And, and I think you go back from, you know, when, when we started a sports medicine program, I mean, we didn't have, that kind of care for, for students. And there aren't really a lot of schools that do, um, especially public schools. And, you know, we dedicated a, you know, literally a, an old classroom, uh, you know, that was part of our old wood shop. We transformed it into two locker rooms uh, that are, you know, really pretty nice and, and a state of the art sports medicine clinic for lack of a better term. And we, and we staff it with two athletic trainers that are also teachers. Uh, one of them went here and, and, you know, then and she went on to Penn State and the other one went through here as an intern with Point Loma and came back. And and so, again, again I think that's kind of part of that culture and that fabric that we find good people and they want to stay and they want to contribute. And and they do add tons of value, not just as a teacher or not just as a coach. And I, and I think that's, you know, kind of what we've been looking for is how do we how do we add value across the campus instead of just having, you know, maybe the best math teacher, the best science teacher. Well, we, you know, we, we like people that, you know, maybe are a science teacher, but also run a club and, and, you know, coach and teach and those kind of things. And so, you know, I, again, I think that's part of, you know, when you look at the culture of sports, there's so much um, lack of a better term of transiency in terms of, you know, the statistics say between 70 and 80, 80% of your coaches are, are walk-on coaches or off-campus coaches. And, and we need them, right? I mean, they, they certainly do add tons of things to campuses, you know, across the country, but there's something a little extra when you have, you know, a teacher on campus or someone who, who works in another position who's on campus that can make multiple contacts with kids uh, throughout the day and not just, 
you know, show up after school and coach. And again, I'm not trying to minimize the value of coaches, but there's just layers and layers of connections um, that by having people on campus um, make with make with kids and families. That That's I mean, that just kind of reads so loud and clear the relationship building. You know, the, the, the relationship building that you're able to build with uh, within the community and and the students is starting to become super clear to me. That's that's essentially what it is, is is making an effort to build that relationship. Um, and, you know, going further, looking at the whole athlete, you know, CIF has has begun to initiate some mental health guidelines uh, for high school athletes because, Obviously, aside from the pandemic, there's, you know, one in five people will encounter a mental health uh, disorder at some point in their lives. So it's obvious athlete or non-athlete it's going to happen to some people. So how does how, you guys jumped in on that, and, and which is a great thing. Um, tell me about your relationship with uh, embedding some of this wellness and mental health into your program. Yeah, so there was a CIS symposium, I think, three years ago, and, and you know, the doctors from Rady children spoke and, and, and NAMI and, and they asked for, you know, some, you know, schools that were interested. And we mentioned, you know, initially just said, we're in, you know, what can we do? This is, this is great because, you know, in the other chair that I sit in as grade level principal, you know, the, that one in five, that 20% sometimes feels like 75%, um, you know, and, we're fortunate enough here to have two LCSWs full-time on campus. Um, you know, I think we need four. We could probably even use six, right? And, and that's just kind of where we are, I would say, pre-pandemic, right? And, and it's about supporting students. And, um, you know, it's that saying there is no health without mental health, right? And um, so we, we put our hand up and we said, how, you know, how can we do this? And how can we be part of that? And, you know, through – we we literally stopped screening, I think the day before or two days before the pandemic in March. So we did all of our, our spring athletes. And then uh, we pretty much got, well, all but volleyball. So boys and girls volleyball for the fall, we did another 165 and and I'm going to be off a little bit on the numbers, but um, you know, we had, you know, out of those times, I think we had about 15 kids that screened that, that were really, we referred out, um, whether the, to our LCSWs or um, to connect them to other services. And, you know, I, like I told our coaches, you know, it, it may be dramatic to say that we, we potentially saved a life, but, you know, it, it, very well way, it, it very well may be that we did. And, um, you know, to connect kids to services, to know that they're comfortable in coming to a coach, to coming to our wellness center where, our LCSWs and interns are um, to sort of break down those walls that, you know, it's okay to talk about mental health. It's okay to, to talk about your feelings. And um, you know, that's tough. It's tough for anybody to do, but it's especially tough for teenagers to do. And, and I, I think the even better part of this, and, and I kind of use this as um, you know, when we hand out materials to kids, oftentimes you just go a hundred yards away and you find, the stuff sort of littered all over the place. And other than some little cards, uh, the Oscar app cards that fell out of the, the materials, um, we really found nothing um, from this. And we asked the students, look, if this isn't for you, pass it on to someone else. And to me, that says that, you know, kids took it seriously. Um, coaches took it seriously. And, 
in the discussion. We didn't make everyone do it. We suggested it. And, you know, again, I, I think, you know, that part of that whole person and trying to really say like, these things are important. And, and if you don't learn these things now and are able to connect to things, these things now, how are you going to do that in a relationship, you know, when you're, you know, 20, 25, 30, and, and you're dealing with things that are way more difficult potentially than what you're dealing with now. And, and so again, that's part of the culture, part of the support. Um, I think it's, you know, again, part of our, the fabric of what we do is, is trying to really support all students and what they do and, and not just athletes. And, and certainly, you know, we, we put a, there maybe some extra benefits on student athletes because of that camaraderie, because of that connection with one more adult. That, um, you know, that, that, you know, line about 15 kids, you know, that just stands out when you say, um, 15 kids were screened and for people listening, this is screening for, you know, possible mental health or suicidal kind of thoughts or ideations. And, um, you know, athletes are not protected from having these issues at all. And it, it also just kind of, it seems like it puts a stake in the ground of what you believe in, and what you stand for, you know, like we're doing this mental health screening. And like you said, a door opener, you know, let's open the door. Um, athletes and sports, you know, for me personally, was always a door opener to help me through life problems. And uh, we're seeing it in professional sports more and more today. You know, this is the community we're building. And these are the ethics and rules we're putting in place. And we believe in it and we stand by it. And this is just a, a, a really good example of that in the youth sport. And I think people would think, well, why youth? So, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, I thought youth is just about playing and having fun. So that brings me to this kind of concept or idea about the, the evolution of youth sports from your perspective uh, and how things have evolved from you playing to maybe your kids to, to kind of now, what are you seeing? Uh, you know, you, you can go anywhere from, from specialization, right, to, to putting way too much emphasis on – on competition and youth sports, um, you know, and, and then you have, I mean, you know, I, when I, I coach both of my boys, I have a 21 and a 19 year old, they're both in college and I, I coached them all the way. In, well, until they got to high school and, you know, travel ball back, you know, I guess that's even, you know, seven, eight years ago now um, wasn't too crazy. And um, I always thought that, you know, for a couple things and it's maybe my high school bias, but if you're paying someone, um, you know, to coach you, are they really in it for the right reasons? And, and when we did, we did some travel ball tournaments and those sort of things, but it was just, just dads that wanted to coach their kids and, and play a little bit more and maybe a higher level than, than the leagues that they were getting. And, um, you know, then you have, you know, anything from high level soccer, and, and you have people telling you, like, if you don't play club, if you don't do this, then you're never going to get a college scholarship. And, you know, that that puts a lot of pressure on kids. It puts a lot of pressure on families and it puts a lot of pressure on the relationship between parents and kids. And, you know, I, I go by this. You know, we we got really involved in the transformational coaching inside out initiative with Joe Ehrman. Um, and it was actually something that the Chargers and CIF put on and, and some things super resonated with me. And, and this idea that, 
for 97% of high school athletes, the high school is their terminal athletic experience. And that's, that's not meaning, you know, a, a Sunday softball league or, or a pickup soccer game. That's it for them. And so we're putting so much emphasis on the 3% that potentially are going to get a college scholarship. What are we doing for the 97%? And so that really resonated with us as, I guess, me as the leader, number one, and then us as an athletic department is, what are we really here for? And are we about making this about a college scholarship or are we about making it a, a, a solid program that's going to have, you know, some value to these students um, for lots of reasons and give them a great high school experience. And, and we believe really that you can do both. You can have, you know, a, certainly a preparation, a planning. Um, your goal is still to win, right? That's your purpose is still to win. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we can do that at a very high level and still give kids a good experience. And those that are going to go to college are still going to go to college um, on a scholarship or not. And so, you know, that, that kind of, that idea of what are we about really sort of resonated with us a few years ago. And, you know, it really kind of made us think, and I'm going to be quite honest with you is that, you know, people that don't buy in aren't here. And, and aren't working with our students, student athletes, if, if we're not going to, you know, kind of all be on the same page. And that really was kind of a coach driven decision of how, how can that person get away with that? And that's not what we're about. And so, um, you know, I, I've been excited and proud of, of the work that we've done. And, and obviously we're, you know, we're just one place and in one community. And, um, but I think people see that. And I think people trust, our coaches with, with that, because I think they're in it for the right reasons. And, and that's important. That's important to me. Well, that stands out a lot. And if you flip the perspective on that, on what are we doing with the 3% and what are we doing with the 97%? Um, you know, I've kind of felt that, but, but I think the way you voice that kind of makes it loud and clear, you know, how we're, you know, the, we're talking about equal access to sports and, mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. And what we're, what were our objectives are with, you know, kids and sports and how you want to do it and, and making it clear is just part of the culture that you've developed. Um, and I just I one, can more, one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Just one more thing on that. You know, I mean, our, our football program, you know, stands out as one of the top in the County and, and, you know, I, I, I it's gone away, but initially it was, well, my son's going to be the next Reggie Bush. My son's going to be the next Alex Smith. And when you tell people very bluntly, like, look, there's only one or one of those people. Right. And they were special. And we, not that we're, we're trying to say that you're not going to be, but I mean, they came along, you know, once in, in a 50 year history of our school and, you know, they're, they're obviously, and, and, you know, we're, we're certainly proud of, of those high level guys, but this idea that my son's the next, you know, my son's going to be the next Reggie Bush. And you, you have to go like, wait a minute. First of all, that's a lot of pressure on your son. Right. And secondly, those don't just, they're not just, you know, coming out of the woodworks and they're all over the place here. Right. Mm -hmm. those, those are two phenomenal, not only athletes, but human beings. And, you know, what goes in to that is certainly something that most of us can't even comprehend. And so, 
you know, it's kind of like we we have our feet on the ground and we're here and this is what we're about. And, you know, it's worked. I think it's worked in a lot of ways and, and certainly not everyone's happy. It's not rosy all the time. Um, but you know, I think people appreciate the fact that, that of what we're about. Yeah. I mean, and that, and that just stands clear. You have a clear message, right. And, um, you know, going into what you're just talking about with the recruiting process, that's one thing, you know, uh, we see through, well, you and my own private practice is, you know, the scholarship, right. I mean, it's, it's been a big, um, it's been a big, you know, flag out there. Like, let's get the scholarship, let's move for it. And that's great. It's fantastic. Um, but you know, how, how have you, have you seen that change or develop? Like, you know, I never thought I'd be working with a 12 or 13 year old and a competitive mindset about sports. I thought, Hey, you just need to play, but the culture and how we're, you know, moving forward with college and recruiting, as you've seen it go down to the eighth grade level, what what's your viewpoint on that? Have you seen it shift pretty significantly in terms of the escalation for maybe even the pressure to get scholarships uh, in today's youth sports in comparison to maybe when you and I were playing or, or your kids? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, when you and I were, I don't think there wasn't the club impact, you know, and I, you know, there's, we get people come in my, you know, my son or my daughter's, uh, you know, Olympic ODP soccer player. And, you know, they're not going to play high school and said, you know what, I'm not going to try and talk you out of that. Um, But, you know, if you look at the numbers of how many student athletes are getting scholarships in soccer or club volleyball, which, you know, are big and um, you know, your, your son or daughter has to be at a pretty big and, and, you know, the, the, the other side of that is, you know, and, and maybe it's the more, you know, kind of facetious side of that is people say, well, all the money that you spend in club, if you just put in the bank, you know, there's your, there's your son or daughter's, you know, college fund. Right. Um, and I, I've told people, you know, I, I understand and I appreciate that. And, and the numbers may not, we may not agree on the numbers, but the one thing that your son or daughter is going to miss is not being able to play with their high school friends, with the people that they see every day, with the kids that they grew up in their community. And, you know, to, to my knowledge, I don't know of a club that has a yearbook, a club that has a prom, a club that has a graduation and, and a reunion, right? Some of those things. And, and they're just there and they pay the money and they go their separate ways after that. And some may get scholarships, some may not. But again, I think that's to me, the value of education-based athletics is all of the other things that go into it. And by the way, you get to play with your friends and um, yeah, you know, my, you know, my oldest son, you know, he went to, he was, you know, fairly recruited, I guess, and went to the university of Oregon to play baseball and um, you know, was recruited there by, um, you know, an old coach and, and a great guy. And that, that coach, there's a coaching change, a new guy comes in and, you know, he, he did really well. And, and then, you know, the business of, of high school or of college sports come in, COVID hits, you got a bunch of guys and, you know, he found himself kind of looking like, I just want a chance. I just want to play. And so he ended up leaving, going to another school, but you know, that's, that's the reality right now in college is that now we're going to, with COVID and all this extension of years of eligibility, there's the budgets are down. There's no revenue. Um, there's this backlog of student athletes and boy, I, I feel, you know, there's, 
maybe even more pressure than there ever was to get a scholarship and that on that end it's drying up right and you've got now this backlog backlog of kids and families that you know thought they were going to get an athletic scholarship and you know the money just may not be there the spots just may not be there and that's going to I think going to impact us for several years and this at that level. And it's unfortunate, right? I mean, and that's not to say the impact that this is having on, on kids from an academic standpoint, a social emotional standpoint, you know, that, and then you throw all those together, boy, you know, I think it can be fairly toxic, right. And, and can really, potentially have some some impact on students and families in a, in a very negative way yeah i mean it's it's um i mean i can only speak from my perspective in the office of like the heaviness of you know the 17 year old 16 year old going through the recruiting process and you know uh, injury happens or somebody gets recruited ahead of them or like you said you you have you know, a coach that re- recruits you and, and wants you to come play and then they get fired. So then that process is off the table now. And the devastation that it leaves in its wake, you know, when things don't work out uh, is really heavy. And and, and so it, it's tough for me on the other side, seeing as sports was an avenue to get out of conflict and to just play and have fun. But on the other end, you're a driven athlete and you want to fulfill your potential. So, you know, I think the best foot forward is, is really laying a a platform of like life learning skills and and kind of a lot of what you're talking about. You're giving uh, students an opportunity to be whole. Uh, You know, you've got two therapists on campus, you got athletic trainers and you have a creed mono, uh, you know, mantra that kind of spells community building and relationship building. Um, And I just think, I think that's fantastic. Um, and this this NAMI um, project that's going on is is really important. And I don't know, do you see anything growing from that? I mean, wh- what do you think coming uh, from this ability to screen all these athletes with mental health or pres- possibly mental health issues? Wh- what are you what are you seeing with that? Um, any yeah, I mean, you know, or? I think because of where we are with budgets and everything, everything's kind of, you know, the focus has been more on the pandemic than it has been on how do we how do we push this forward? And I, I mean, really, I. I think we, the way we piloted this, and this is certainly a credit to um, Renee at NAMI and Richard with Radies and, and, and the partnership we have is, is and I kind of made the joke, it's like the A-team, right? The, we, the way we designed this is that, you know, we could just parachute out or roll up to a school and deliver this at any school. And so that it, and, and that was kind of one of my things, this isn't about Helix. Yes, we have resources. Yes, we have things that may be different than other places, but, but why can't it be at any other school? Right. And, and why couldn't it be where, you know, three times a year prior to each season that you do this or, or you pick, you know, a couple times where you're just able to identify and you're able to show kids like, Hey, here's one more resource. Here's one more option. There's one more person that cares. Um, and, and I would love to see it. You know, I'd love to see it nationwide in every school. Right. Uh, the reality is that probably won't happen, but um, I don't. I don't think there's any reason why the way we've developed this um, with some funding that it couldn't be something that is done, uh, you know, at every school at least once a year. Um, and you know, I know we're you know we're trying to do that. We're trying to push it forward, but we've also tried 
to make a model that's sustainable and, and easily implementable. Um, and I, I want to go back to one other thing, if it's okay that you said, you know, that this whole, you know, idea that sports teach this and sports teach all these lessons of character. And yeah, I think they do. Right. There, I don't think there's, but I think we have to be intentional about those messages. And, and I think that's one of the things that we try you know, as coaches on our staff to do is be intentional and, you know, to show, you know, to show that lesson, you know, if, you know, a student comes, let's just say late to practice and, and, you know, it's, it's how you make that intentional method of, well, you know, if you're late for a job interview, if you're late for your job, this number of times, you know, there's going to be, you know, potentially some impact to you on that. And so, yes, I think we can all go back and we can say, Oh, I now I can figure out what that coach was saying, or or now I can figure out what I learned from that. But but being intentional about some of those lessons really, um, I, I guess, magnify and multiply the impact of of what we feel like sports can do for for youth. So that's a great point because it is. Uh, you could talk about sports as being a door opener, a platform for life skills, but it's even more when you make it a direct conscious intentional message. And so, so that, that keeps coming back to this thing. Like, how do you guys do that? Is that just the, the people, I guess, like you said, or just the people that, you know, you bring in and are there just have that on their minds or is that like a directive message? Like, Hey coaches, this is what we're doing. And you know, this is the plot. Cause it's almost like a language you have to build, right. To be like, this is how we're going to communicate. And this yeah, is how we're and I think it is it. really, it, it is a, it, there is a common language and there is, you know, and it, and it maybe does start with intentional, right? I mean, and, it, and we look at this idea of being transformational versus transactional. And, and that's kind of that, that basis of that inside out initiative with, with Joe Ehrman. But, you know, it is, it is some intense, you know, it, it's intense at times and it takes work and it takes effort. And it takes all of those things. Um, but again, I think we found that number one, you have to have good people delivering that message. And we, we, um, we have great people in those positions and that again, I say are in it for the right reasons and get what high school athletics is all about. And, and I think that's, that's so important and, and such the foundation of, of, of anything um, that we do. But then when you try and again, come up with this language of we want to be intentional, right? And, and we, let's, let's face it, not all of us are transformational all the time. That's not, how, that's not how we work as humans, right? And there is some transactional to us. But, and, and I try and I, I framed it this way, like, and it, and it really resonates even more now. But in the absence of the scoreboard, right, and, and all our emphasis on winning, losing, whatever the case may be, in the absence of the scoreboard, what are we really about? And that can be pretty, you know, if you really take the time to reflect on that, and we, we have as coaches, you know, we went through where coaches have, have done a transformational pers- uh, purpose statement where it's their own um, goal, what they want to do. We did a collective um, purpose statement for for our school and our athletic department. And that kind of drives what we do. And, and again, it's, you probably get way deeper sometimes than you ever thought you would get and developing some of those relationships. And um, you probably, as a coach, I know the coaches have got like, you know, this, 
this athlete disclosed this. And so then we connect, okay, so what can we do to help? Right. Um, whether it's a family in need, you know, homeless, um, you know, again, depression, you know, suicidal ideation, all these things have come up and we've tried to give coaches the tools and the connections to help kids get them to the right places. And, and so again, I, I think with anything for, for me, at least it just, it, it, it's the buy-in of coaches and getting the right people in front of our, our kids, getting the right people um, in front of parents where, you know, you might argue with a coach's decision or game time or whatever, but you can't really question what they're about. Right. And you may not, you may not like mm. every decision that's made, but you can't question that that's one of the nicest human beings who's in it for the right reason, who doesn't have an ego, who cares about the kids. Right. And, and so um, I think we've really tried to show people um, that you can trust us with your kids and, you know, we're going to continue to get better. We're going to continue to work on things. Um, and, you know, like I said, it, it, it's a special place for a lot of reasons, but um, having good people really makes a big difference. Yeah. And I, that um, the concept of win, right? Like it, it's a hard battle because the culture and the, and the landscape of sports and what people are trying to do is it's really competitive and really um, driven, you know, down parents to, to parents and the athletes. Um, but you guys have focused on the how, like we want to win, obviously um, we want to build a winning culture, but you're doing it in the how of how we're going to do it. You know, the outcome is the win. It seems like you're really focused on the how this transformational purpose statement. Wow. This seems really cool. Like almost like every high school should be doing this or, or, you know, this should, it should start here. Right. Um, and, and kind of yeah, go the, through the that way. The former CIF commissioner, but, Jerry Schneep, who was actually, he was my baseball coach here at Helix and, 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 oh, he, wow. you know, he got this going with the chargers and the, and the NFL and he said, you know, this is the greatest professional development for coaches. And, you know, you go into it and you go, why aren't there 120 schools here? And there's only 30. And it's like, I think people are missing the boat, right? And, and I think part of it is it's, it's like most professional developed things in education. It's, it's the latest, greatest thing. And, oh, in, in six months, that'll be gone. In a year, that'll be gone. And, you know, I, I think – this is something that really, had, you know, I think our statement's three years old now. And, um, you know, I know people refer to it. I know people change their own, you know, purpose statements. And, um, again, it's not our purpose to win, right? It's, it's our goal. <laughs> we're planning on it. We're preparing on it. We're expecting to. But that's not what we're about. And, and again, I think there's a, it's a great combination to do all those things and to do it the right way and to to have a great culture and i think if you're doing those things the wins will come not always but if you're if you're doing the right way and you're doing it for the right reasons um, with good people those those will come and you know your point to the chargers uh just looking at the professional organizations that are setting up standards right and then you look at the winning teams you know like I mean, I love basketball. So, you know, Golden State Warriors, the culture they built there and you know, the Lakers, the culture they built there. I mean, I'm a little bit privy to the yeah. Lakers because that's my team. But like, you know, what I'm saying like they got good talent. Right. But, um, you know, building the culture gives you amazing chance to win 
even if you might not have the most amazing talent, um, obviously talent is always going to be, you know, it's good to have. Well, and, and, um, and to that so point, building I mean, that, we, you know, going back to our football program, this is kind of where, you know, this all started for me. And it was, it was almost like the, the perfect storm because I mean, we're in state championship level football, which is, which is rare. Uh, I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of kids playing football in California and to be at that level is rare. And, you know, we finish a season in state championship and regionals and, and people aren't happy and coaches aren't happy and kids aren't happy Mm. and parents aren't happy. And the community, the teachers on campus, you know, they said like, and, and I, it just kind of hit me like we, this, it might look good on the outside, but it's not good this culture is not good and it's got to change. And so that, that to me was kind of in combined with this transformational transactional, we got way too much transactional going on here and Mm. we've got to figure Mm. this out and we've got to change the culture. And, and we did. And, you know, I think, you know, obviously it takes some buy-in, it takes some effort and it takes good, again, good people to, to hold that message through. Wow. What What is your most, I mean, do you have a story or a moment um, that resonates with you most in what you're doing now? I mean, it seems like really important work and it's just, it's deep, deep stuff, you know, and it carries, it kind of echoes uh, the way I look at it. What are you most proud of or um, what what is sitting with you the most in what you've done to this point? A couple of things. And I, I believe me, it's not me. I, I think it's again, the culture. Um, I think, and it, I kind of get a little, you know, <laughs> I think it's that, yeah, that students appreciate that we care and they know that we care. And um, just in this last screening, a, a girl went through um, and we had three separate screenings and she, I think she was in the first one and she came back in the third one because she had practice and she just wanted to check in. She just, she didn't have a crisis. She didn't, she just wanted to check in with someone who cared. And, and I think that says a lot. I think that, you know, that says a lot to, um, and again, you go back to those relationships, you know, the services, the support, um, all those things together go back into, to say, you know, that we care and, you know, tragically I'm going to be wrong, but um, we had two, two students in our class of 2016, tragically die in a car accident and um just you know within the last i don't know four months or so i'm going to be off on that in terms of time but the outpouring of of kids and say just like they just say thanks you know thank you helix for putting us together and thank you for the culture that you've built and we know that you care and i and i think again you go you go through all all things right and and you hope like you hope that kids get that Right. You hope that kids recognize that. And when they do and they tell you that and they check in with you and, um, you know, not just me, but lots of people on campus. And it, we, we say this once a Scotty, always a Scotty. And, you know, we try and make that that's a family thing. And, you know, our families are all in different places and in different states. And we hope that, um, you know, if nothing else, you have you have family here that cares about you. Yes, that's really uh, amazing to hear that. Uh, I mean, 
obviously from my perspective and my profession to have an open door policy where a kid, you know, can walk up and they just want to have, you know, someone to talk to or to check in or to be heard. That uh, is, is maybe not the norm, you know, in, in today's we're, we're moving forward. We're, we're working, focusing on winning. Um, but the, the process of having that uh, invitation available is, uh, is super heartfelt. And I can hear it in your voice. You know, that is the defining, you know, piece that you're most proud of and um, is the how, you know, how are we doing this? Um, and that's huge. And I hope all the listeners can relate to that and kind of get that piece. Is there a message that you have, you know, as we kind of end, I mean, we're in, <laughs> we're in uh, heavy waters here with COVID and, you know, it basically is highlighting some of our, our problems, I think in, in, you know, massive way. Um, what's your takeaway or message to, to people um, maybe listening uh, moving forward and, and I'll keep it specific to high school sports. Um, I, I know you've talked a lot about it, but like, what would you like people to leave with uh, in what you're saying? I, I think the biggest thing, and it's obviously magnified now and, and it's, it's not about the scoreboard right now. And it's about those relationships that you have with your teammates, um, with your coaches, with your teachers. And, you know, don't be afraid to reach out um, and ask for help, ask for a suggestion, um, you know, just a conversation. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that, that I think we all need. And, um, you know, it's, it's maybe not something that we do enough, right? Um, to say thank you, to say you care, to say, hey, can you help me with this? Um, and, and I think that sort of transcends all of this, right? I mean, uh, you know, the climate in our country right now hasn't been the greatest. And, you know, I, I think we've gotten away from um, just caring about each other, about um, being interested in one another, um, in reaching out and, and maybe hey, I, I've been meaning to call this person or I've been meaning to email this person or text this person and, and check in. Hey, a lot of us have a lot of extra time now. You know, take the time to do that because not only is it good for you, but it's good for the other person on the other end. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's so hard. I mean, the way we do things here, we do it in grade levels. And so we had the seniors, my team had the seniors last year who obviously had, a really rough end to um, their senior year and no one wanted any part of that. Right. I mean, it's not what any of us, you know, you know, drew, could draw up, could think of. And, and now, you know, they've, they've moved on. And, you know, like I said, my, my youngest son, he's a, he was a senior last year and, and now he's a freshman in college and he's supposed to be on the football team at Mesa college and never stepped foot on the campus and um, to do football or to do school. Right. And, and we're all getting tired of it. Right. And, and so how do we make the best of it? And gosh, I feel, I feel horrible for, we have now incoming ninth graders because we, we follow them through for four years and, and, you know, none of us got into education to talk to a, a blank screen or talk to you, you know, on a screen. And that, that's not what it's about. And, and I mean, mm -hmm. we have, you know, the majority of our 650 ninth graders haven't even been on this campus. And, um, you know, I hope, mm -hmm. you know, I hope once, you know, things start to, to lighten up a little bit and loosen up in terms of our restrictions that, that, that schools, um, that districts uh, will put an emphasis on, on these extracurricular programs and getting, 
kids back on campus just for the sake of getting out of their house, um, you know, having a connection with someone, you know, other than, you know, their bedroom, maybe at times. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope that's my hope is that as, you know, as things get a little better, that we'll get back into the connection. And, and really out of all this, I hope uh, that people understand um, how much, how much sports and how much school and appreciate how much those things um, really mean in their lives. And, and so much of the relationships that we develop are, are done in our high school years uh, and college years, right? Um, how, can, how can we put more of an emphasis on that? Um, and, and, you know, I, I mean, I, I would say that there's plenty of students out there right now that would love to be back sitting in a classroom and they didn't really love it before. Right. And we know, you know, that, mm. that there are plenty of kids that only come to school so that they can participate in sports. Um, and, you know, that's my hope is that we get back to some level of, of developing those relationships again. And, and I want, I'd, I'd, I'd hope that people could do that you know, even at a distance and this may, you know, this may spur people to say, Hey, let me reach out to that person or let's maybe go for a run, a walk, something, get outside and be active and, and try and develop and maybe rekindle some of those relationships that they've been missing and wanting. Yeah. I mean, I, I just appreciate everything you're saying so much and just what you're doing. Like now that I'm talking to you and having a, a further insight into kind of your brain, your philosophy, I just really appreciate it because it's, it's, it's big, heavy stuff uh, that's that you're doing. And this concept of caring and relationship, uh, especially in high school, because the, the, the brains are developing, it's these formative years, uh, so to speak. And, and you hear a lot of people's stories when they're older, right? They're like, Oh, back in high school, you know, what was your memory in high school? How did you leave it? You know, in sports, you know, were you bullied or did you get a shot or did you not get a shot? And people, it just sits with them, you know, for, mm -hmm. for, for whatever reason, it's high school, right? Um, and so putting the, the effort into uh, making that experience as, um, you know, open, open handed or, you know, most inviting is, is just, it's a big deal, big deal. So I just, I really appreciate hearing you speak on that. And I thank you for everything that you are doing um, and the way you do it. it. It's huge. And I think a lot of people could benefit from that. Um, it, you know, this transformational purpose statement, what, where would people find you? Or um, if, I mean, I almost feel like you should be like kind of going out and <laughs> coaching and teaching this to other, other communities and schools. Uh, where, where would people contact you at uh, if they wanted more yeah, information? You can email me at chase, C-H-A-S-E at helixcharter.net. Um, I'm, I'm probably on my phone and, and, and attached to, to those things too much. Um, call my direct line at school, 619 644 one nine four zero. My extension is one two seven, and and I'm happy to help. I'm happy to to guide people into the to the right directions on on some of these things. And um, this certainly isn't you know anything that I've developed. It's you know obviously a lot of things in education we we borrow and steal and make our own. And um, you know sure. I, again I you know it starts you know with with Joe Ehrman and and that transformational coaching. It's a great book um, and you know, they, they have great resources on the inside out initiative website. And, uh, again, I think, you know, it's, it's something that doesn't, it, 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 it takes work, right. But it doesn't take a lot of effort and, and it kind of just snowballs once you get going into this and you go, wow, this, you know, this really is, 
should be the basis and foundation for, for why we do things in education-based athletics. Well, I appreciate you uh, so much, David, and taking the time, you know, to, to speak on this really important stuff. Um, <laughs> I just learned a lot, actually, you know, um, and some of it just validated what I had always been thinking and to get it from the coach's perspective. So, uh, again, I appreciate it. Um, uh, and thank you thank so you. much appreciate for your time. It and and uh, we look forward to working with you guys at Well You. Hey, Ami, this is Brian Alexander, and in our Menno Coach debrief, we, we can talk about a ton of things that you and Damon discussed in this interview. Great job with him. What do you think really stood out to you? Yeah, it was an interesting conversation in that I was trying to find the essence of like what he was about and how Damon was able to institute that you know type of culture um, at Helix. And so that's, you know, this community, this idea of culture and community and the how seemed to be the, um, the common theme or thread throughout the whole conversation that was really very like, fascinating to me of how he and that organization was able to accomplish it. Yeah, for all the listeners out there, when you hear of a good coach or you hear about somebody who's really making a difference in the lives of student athletes, it always starts with that whole person approach. And it's clear from the way Damon explained what they're doing over at Helix that they really want to provide a, a, a full experience for the people in their athletic programs. And it just so happens that they're one of the best sporting um, department, athletic departments here in San Diego and their football team does a great job in getting uh, student athletes over to the next level of collegiate sports. So as a byproduct of all that person work, it sounds like they're getting the performance results too. And, and Brian, that was exactly what was like the theme that was just like amazing, especially from the youth level, like because we've kind of seen it or we see it at the, at the, at the professional level, even the collegiate at times, because they have so many more resources available to like support athletes, but at the high school level, and this wasn't even club, um, they have two LCSWs, two therapists for people listening and two yeah. full-time uh, athletic trainers and a training room. And, you know, that says a lot, you know, when I, he was telling us that about the health, you know, the health and well-being, his whole quote, there is no health without mental health, um, you know, was a stamp of or a stake in the ground of this is what we stand for. And I think maybe the students just kind of see that ring true. And the incorporation of you and I working down there with NAMI um, in, in trying to do a risk assessment, mental health assessment through the uh, CIF initiative was uh, an even further stake in the ground, don't you think? Yeah, it was, it was really cool to be a part of that. And I know Damon's very proud of being that pilot program, uh, screening all their student athletes with a mental health screener and just bringing awareness to the mental health needs and, and trying to move some ground on this, um, you know, suicide awareness is, is so powerful and um, it just opens the doors for conversations. And I think with Damon, one thing that stood out to me was he had so many different routes he took to get to 
the athletic director position, right? And I think through his own sport experience, he thought he was going into physical therapy with the challenges he faced with injuries as an athlete and, and the needs that he found through physical therapy. But to me, that just shows how important it is to um, stick with some kind of passion and, and then learn how to make it uh, purposeful in the lives of other people. And, and now his initiatives around mental health and the inclusivity of the culture there at the high school with all the other coaches is it just it, it's amazing to see and it's amazing to experience in person too you nailed it i mean he really focused in on his process and then that spilled out into what he offered to everyone um, it's kind of interesting to hear all these stories of athletes and coaches perspectives and their journeys and where they thought they were going to be and then they were over here and somewhere else and it was still amazing you know like it wasn't like maybe what it always started out to be uh, but it ended up in an amazing place. And that's exactly how his process went. And it, and going to high school there and then now being a transformational, um, you know, person at the school is, is, is a special story. And I loved his, I didn't know what your thoughts were on it, but I loved his, um, this concept, how he integrated this transformational coaching, inside out coaching, I guess, from the Chargers originally, um, to be more transformational and less transactional. And that statement was defined with, um, you know, it's our goal to win, but it's not our purpose. I was like, whoa, that was like, that just, that hit me right there. Yeah, that was awesome. And uh, I have that book. I have a copy of that book here. Nice. And it's a great, a great text. Uh, Ehrman, you know, for anyone listening, I would recommend that book, Inside Out Coaching. Um, lots of great takeaways and and from this podcast you can learn how how to how to put some into into action in an actual athletic department so thanks again Ami thanks for that interview and to all the listeners if you'd like to work on your mental game um, download the well you mental training app and work on your motivation through uh, self-talk strategies and mission statements or work on your performance nerves and emotional regulation through some breathing techniques. It's all there. Um, and please, please head on to iTunes or Spotify or Google or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a review as well as on the app store, leave us some reviews and, and give us those five star ratings. So um, thanks again for listening and uh, happy new year, everybody. you have a desire to be great in what you do and a keen interest in the mental aspects of performance, then you're in the right place. Well You Mental Training seeks to push the edge of the mental game through evidence-based practices and stories from athletes similar to the one you're listening to today. Your collaboration matters as part of this process, so please head over to iTunes and leave us a review with your honest feedback on the podcast. We'd love to hear what you have to say. If you are as excited about the mental training stories you are hearing as we are, please share this podcast with your friends, family, and teammates too. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WellUApp. That's W-E-L-L-U-A-P-P. And learn more about the work our mental coaches are doing through LinkedIn and Facebook.